What's going on? Welcome back into the Buffs Nation podcast. Buffs are 1-0. Buffs are in the top 25. 1-0, baby. The Buffs have arrived. 20, if I would have told you last year at the... Was it the Utah game last year with the final one? Yeah. Yeah, if I would have told you last year's Utah game, when CU got embarrassed once again at home, that the next time we would be in Boulder for a game, Colorado would be in the top 25. I would have... Uh, if you would have told me that before last week, I would have seen no outcome that would have put the Buffs at top 25. I, I honestly... Yeah, kudos the to the AP poll and the coaches poll followed suit, but yeah. kudos to them. little credit for the work that was put in. Buffs beat the uh, TCU Horned Frogs 45-42. I'm Tyler Walgie. He's Jared All that you just heard. Producer Ryan, how are we feeling? I'm feeling great, man. I mean, everything is better. The, sh- the sun shines a little bit brighter. You sleep a little bit better. Work's not so bad I after know. a win. Apparently, September doesn't suck. And you know I, what? I no, yeah, no kidding. Huh? I don't like when the sun shines brighter because I, uh, I got skin that burns. So I need to put sunscreen <laughs> on. You are pretty vampire. Fair. Yes, I am. When the sun shines brighter, not always the best for me, but look, we'll Better take bring it. bring some sunscreen this in, weekend. Uh, we'll take it in Boulder, Colorado. So 45-42 win. What we'll do on today's show, go over the TCU game, give our reaction, and then get ready for next week. It's Nebraska week. I will have my three keys to the game as well as... Uh, just some things that might be different this week looking forward. But let's talk about TCU uh, and the uh, huge win that the Buffs had on the road week one against the team that was in the national championship last year. Shadur Sanders set a school record 510 passing yards and four touchdowns. I got to say, on our breakdown last week, I didn't think 500 yards was in the cards. And and I know Dion in his, his pro, post-game press conference was calling everybody out for the haters and I like that because that's who Dion is. That's what makes him him. That's what makes Coach Prime tick, right? It always has. But at the, at the other end, you got to understand that no one knew what to expect. No one had any idea that Shadur Sanders was going to look like this. So 510-yard score record. That was a great showing by the quarterback. And the thing that you love about Dion, at least that I love about him, is is I feel like he has such a persona that he brings all that energy upon him. And I think it actually keeps it off of the players at times because he has such a bravado, such a way about him, a way of talking his stuff, you know, a way of getting out there. Like you said, calling out the haters. Look back all the way to his time in college as a player. He's always been that person. This isn't a front. This isn't him trying to do it. This is who he is. He he welcomes yeah, all haters on him. Did you see uh, on one of the YouTubes, I think it was Well Off Media, they were just doing a behind-the-scenes thing in the coach's office, and Shiloh, his son, was giving him a bunch of crap for it. He's making fun of him going, no, do you believe? No, do you believe? No, do you believe? You got camera seats? And it was funny to see him kind of like, because you don't see that part of stuff, right? You just see Dion and he's all serious and it makes the headlines, but his 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 son kind of gave him giving him a little hard time for doing that. It was funny. And then they, they went on a little detail, and I guess Coach Prime was upset from the past relationship that they had. That was Ed Werder they were talking to. I'm sure you guys know Ed Werder, ESPN longtime reporter. And, um, you know, he's him being Ed Ed has had all kinds of scuffles with Dion. You remember back with the uh, Dallas Cowboys, he was the first one to report that Terrell Owens was a, a detriment in the locker room. He wanted to be traded. Actually, he told a great story Ed Werder did on, on the radio talking about this topic because, you know, talking about the the, the, the history with, with Dion and, and Coach Prime and Terrell Owens and all these players, he goes, you know, have you ever felt like you were going to be in trouble for some of this stuff? He goes, actually, Lane Johnson... You guys remember Lane Johnson? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he goes once he threatened to kill me. <laughs> he goes, yeah, it was during the Dallas Cowboys thing, and he Ed Werder had reported that T.O. was 
uh, a nuisance in the locker room, should be traded. And yeah, Lane Johnson goes up, goes, I'm going to have someone come after you. He goes, where do you live? Goes, Look, if you're going to have me killed, I'm not going to make it that easy on you. But in all seriousness, uh, Ed Werder bought a gun for the first time apparently in his life. That's a story he told because <laughs> he was afraid of it. But there's a past there. There's a history there. And according to Coach Prime, Ed Werder had used the kids instead of approaching Dion or anything like that. So that's what that was about. If you're looking for the backstory on the whole receipts thing, who he was talking to, what, what that was about, he was talking to Ed Werder. Now, just before we wrap that up, Ed Werder's point of view, he was on the Dan, Patr- uh, the Dan Patrick show talking about this, and he said he didn't even write anything about this, so he wasn't really sure what, what Coach Prime was talking about. Was he using Werder as an ESPN like prop? Was he mad from the past? Was he mad about a tweet that he could have had? So something like that. But anyway. I, I think there's a lot of people, a lot of receipts are out there, a lot of people that were doubters of the buffs but, this offseason. Uh, coach said that to expect to see that from Shadur. You know, he said he's always been a winner, and this is what he does at quarterback. Uh, on the receiving end, right, because Shadur had 510 yards, who he thrown to. Well, the buffs had four receivers over 100 yards, and the other two, uh, Michael Harrison had 12 yards, and Tavares Dawson had nine yards. <laughs> and then 117, 118, 119, and 135. Get so, in where you fit in, man. Well, we had talked about who's going to lead the team in receiving. I didn't necessarily think it would be a running back. Did one of you guys say that last week? I feel like one of you said Dylan, or maybe it was two weeks ago. I, I'd have to remember. I definitely called out that Dylan Edwards is a receiver. He's going to be catching that, the football. That, that's, that's where he's dynamic, yeah. getting the ball in his hands. And, and I think we got a chance. You know, We, we talked in the uh, previous episodes on really the uncertainty of what this offense would look like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my main kind of concerns, but also sort of takeaways from this offense is, boy, they didn't have a whole lot of an established running game, your traditional running game. But when you look at a guy in Dylan Edwards with five receptions, 135 yards, he obviously had that 75-yard uh, one that he broke for a touchdown. That's a big part of it. But even take that away and don't make me do math, but that's still a lot of yards receiving, okay? Right. So they obviously look to feature the running backs as an extension of the running game by utilizing them in the passing well, And that's game. fine, yeah. That's just a schematic difference. I'm totally okay with that if that's what CU wants to do. I mean, look, I would assume that right now, if you ask the coaching staff, especially the running backs coach, do you want more than 1.6 yards per carry? The answer is obviously yes. And there were some interesting things that happened in the backfield. Now, as Jared mentioned, maybe it wasn't a huge part of the game plan to line up, go offensive line to dig against defensive line and just give the, the these running backs the ball 35, you know. Well, I guess they had 34 carries. Maybe, you know, 40, 50 times is more appropriate there. But Savion Wilkerson had 13 carries for 45 yards. I thought he ran the ball pretty well. Uh, Dylan Edwards had six carries for 24 yards. Anthony Hankerson, nine for 21. And that's it for the running back. So and, and something guys. I wasn't aware of as the game was going on, but I've heard since, is Cavassier Smoke was did not suit up, did not play in this game. Mm-hmm. So obviously we knew Alton McCaskill was not playing. They announced that before the game. But Cavassier Smoke did not play also. So that may be something we see a little different as the season goes on if and when those guys are healthy and ready to go. The uh, defense for Colorado was obviously a story, giving up 42 points. So look, uh, Real quick, before you move yeah, off yeah. of the, the uh, offense, I, I just want to really, really point out Travis Hunter. You know, we talked about it. I mean, we did not expect to see him as 145 a snaps. 145. I think they only had it? like 160 something <laughs> on know. the game. I mean, we're talking 80 plus percent of the snaps, both sides of the ball, 11 catches, 119 yards. And and here's the key for me: is this wasn't early first quarter, lots of production. He is the guy they went to on third and 16. He's the guy they were going to in the fourth quarter to seal this game. He was still that number one guy for them but on again, offense. It, it, to me, that is a microcosm of the Colorado Buffaloes as a whole, right? 
Travis Hunter, no one knew what to expect. We had no idea how good he could be. We knew he was good. We know Dion was saying he's good. But look, I'm a huge Coach Prime fan, obviously. But if you take Deion Sanders at his word for everything he's always said, you're going to be at all different kinds of places, right? So it's like, I know he's going to talk his guys up. But for me to go, oh, well, Dion said so, therefore, it's going to just be like that open and shut. I know he's capable of speaking a lot into existence. But what we saw this weekend was legitimately one of the best players in college football. Now, we wondered, but it transferred from Jackson State. And we didn't spend too much time on that, right? That was probably more of a national uh, uh, topic. But I did mention his weight. You know, I thought, is he going to be too thin to do something like that? I did mention, can he go both ways in, in a Power 5 conference? After that game, I know it's only one game. I really don't have that many questions anymore. Now, can he play 145 snaps, you know, over and over and over? I'm not so sure. When Coach Prime was on the Pat McAfee show this week, he mentioned very specifically having his best players ready to go for the best games, biggest games at the end of the year, should the Buffaloes be there. So I'm not sure we're going to see a carbon copy every week, but you're right, Jared, huge game for Travis And, and, I, and just to, to touch on that, like I really do think this was strategic by the, this coaching staff and by this team. They wanted to prove everyone wrong and everything that was said all offseason. One of the biggest ones was that Travis Hunter can't go both ways, that he can't do that at a Power 5 conference. They wanted to prove everyone wrong, that he could be the best player on the field on both sides of the ball. You take either side of what he did, he would have still possibly been, aside from Shador Sanders throwing 500 yards, he may have still been the best guy on offense, may have still been the best guy on defense, even if he was only playing one or the other. I agree. I think you'll see a little more strategy in how he's used moving forward. Let's talk about freelance work. If you own a business or just need to get something done and want a freelancer to help you out, check out Fiverr.com. Now, freelance individuals, it's really interesting. Jared, you own a business. Uh, I, I own a business who's media. It's so much, in my opinion, more beneficial to use freelance work because you don't have to go through companies where you have to pay overhead, deal with a million people just to get some graphic designer to help you out. Freelance work, you talk to the individual, go back and forth, you get timely work done, very good professional work done, all for a very good price. And if you use our uh, code, or if you, excuse me, if you, use our, if you use the link in the show notes, you can get a, a discount on your first uh, purchase with a, with a freelancer. So, I'm telling you, it's worth it. Try it out online, Fiverr.com. They can help with so many things if you need. If you're in school, if you need help with homework, assignments, work, whatever it is, that's Fiverr.com. Use the link in the show notes for a discount on your first purchase. All right, so let's get to the defensive side of the football. Uh, TCU scored 42 points, and that is going to be a concern moving forward. (laughs) You know, it's funny, last week in my predictions, I, I talked about the total, how the sports betting market had this about 42 to 22 TCU. Well, TCU scored their 42 points. And my whole <laughs> my point last year was this defense can't give up 42 when we win this game. There's no way. And it happens. So it's funny we did. We talked about this on the show last week. We don't want to see this get to a show. And about or the end exactly of the first quarter, happened. I'm like, let's make this thing a shootout. <laughs> well, hey, but, but, but we're more comfortable now because obviously we know this offense can move the football. But I thought it would be a, a, a 180. I thought if this team was going to win, especially moving forward, it would be low scoring games. But that's not the case. They're, I have so much more confidence now after watching that first game than I did before in the offense. Yeah. I'm not sure about the defense, though. You know, from what I heard, from what Coach Kelly said, Coach Prime said, it was actually a well-called game. The execution from, from the linebackers needed some improvement, you know? So I looked to Coach Hart to have a big week and those linebackers to step up this game. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say I was disappointed, but something, you know, moving forward, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it, you know, facing Nebraska this week, but... Um, wasn't really impressed with the linebacker play. 
Um, the pass rush wasn't impressed with until late. Late, I will give them the credit. They did step up a little bit. Um, and, and the defensive to your, line... To, 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 your, uh, to your point, no sacks in the game. Yeah, yeah and, and I want to touch on that D-line play. Um, you mentioned late. They finally started getting some pressure. To my eyes, and I, I am no coordinator... Well, those are some pretty thick glasses, yeah. They are pretty thick glasses, yes. Uh, I, I, I do not recall seeing a blitz or many blitzes throughout the entirety of the first three quarters. Yeah. It was let those front well, three front on. floor but, go. But hold on. That that to me, that doesn't necessarily that that to me says scheme and game plan because Exactly. That was the point I was yeah, getting yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. It, it's 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 a matter of is this what this coaching staff wants to see? Now, as a viewer, I was sitting there going, dude, you got to get some pressure. At some point, you have to get him off of his spot. You can't just let him shred you up. But I think when you look at what the strength of this TCU offense was, I mean, they were running the ball like crazy against the bus. Whenever they wanted to, they did. I mean, they had, what, 262 rushing yards on the game, over seven yards in attempt. So I look at this, again, from a strategy point where they went, well, we know if we start going at this quarterback, we open up a lot more on the back end of this defense and, and expose what is probably our biggest weakness right now as I see it coming out of this first game that, boy, they were really struggling to stop the run. If we start attacking this offense too much, start blitzing, start getting guys out of position, that really leaves a lot of open holes for these running backs to make big plays. Yeah. Ryan, do you want to keep going on? Yeah, so I was I was going to say D-line as far as what I saw. Um, obviously, the heat didn't help anybody, but they're already thin at that position um so uh sorry i kind of lost my train of thought there no but, that, that, that's fine but um, yeah just just would like to see a little bit more out of the linebackers um between i mean ham had 10 tackles um uh but it's the timeless it's being in the right spot sure, right time. and then you know the, the the missed tackles there was i mean we won 45 to 42 um, but it was n- by no means a flawless game well and jared had mentioned the success on the ground that uh, tcu had uh, specifically Imani Bailey and Trey Sanders, but their quarterback, Chandler Morris, threw it 42 times for, what, 280 yards? Two touchdowns, two picks? I mean, it's not a, an amazing game, but I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of players who had catches, and I guess if there is one thing you want to stop, it's 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 the rush, but look, it, the defense looked a little susceptible. I don't I don't want to completely bring everyone down off of this high that, that we're all riding right now because, mm-hmm. hey, we were a freaking one-win team last year, okay? This is worlds beyond any expectations. I I think we all walked into this game, and I can't speak for you guys, but this is beyond any expectation I truly had for this team. I I did not see them winning this type of game in this manner, putting up the yardage, the offense they did, but let's now reevaluate this team. This is no longer a one-win team. This is a number 22 ranked team in the country, the CU Buffs, okay? If you want to be a top-tier team, in college football, this defense, what we saw from this defense, is not good enough. It truly isn't. If you're going to give up this type of yardage, this type of chunk plays to Nebraska, you're going to struggle to win this game. That is what Nebraska wants to do. So that is a big, big concern for me, is what this defense can do to build off of this first performance. Jared getting real here, holding CU's feet to the fire. They start 1-0, go on the road, BTCU. Jared's looking negative. Jared's skewing. Hey, I have to evaluate the number 22 team in the country. I'm not evaluating the number 130 team in the country anymore. No, I actually, I get a lot of what you're saying. What do you think the new ceiling of this team is, right? Last week, we could have had this discussion about the ceiling. What's the new ceiling of this team? Now, I've heard different show hosts on different radio shows and 
I've read different articles saying, oh, the Buffs are now Pac-12 contenders. Look at nine, ten wins this year. I mean, I look, I don't want to be a doubter. I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to be someone going the wrong direction. I think eight to nine wins is a legitimate ceiling if they can actually fix things on defense. Because my main point with last week and my main point with this team for this whole entire offseason has been, we've never seen this before, everyone wants to start from last year and go, okay, how, how much do we upgrade from last year? How do we adjust this team from last year? It's like, there isn't, there's no one left from last year. A couple <laughs> players. So it's a completely different situation. This could be a lot better you know, team than many people thought. So I think eight, nine, if we go double digits, Yeah, I think eight to me is probably where I really put that high end. And again, I said this before the season, that the biggest concern in what that projection could be is has nothing to do with the buffs, with their roster, with how they perform, and it has everything to do with this schedule. This is a brutal, tough schedule. Yeah. This is still going to be hard to come out of this non-conference play at, at 3-0, and right? I mean, you feel a little bit better. You know, I think we said, you know, 2-1 and is kind of what you hope to come out of. Now, I think you beat TCU team. Now, I think we can all take a step back and realize that this TCU team that the bus plays this last week is not the same TCU team that, that made it to the national championship. Now, do I still think that TCU ends up as a top 25 team somewhere around that 15 to 25 range? I do. I do believe they're a good team. They're a well-coached team. and They have a lot of talent. They brought in a lot of talent in the transfer portal. But you play a good Nebraska team, a rivalry game, a game where Nebraska now has some some footage on you. They know what to expect, and they are absolutely going to try to exploit the things they saw in that game. You obviously have CSU, but then you get into conference play, and boy, you're going to have a hard time finding three or four wins out of that. So that's where, again, I, I think you still set that bar in that, in my mind, six to eight range. Understand this is still year one. This is still the building block, the starting block for what primetime is bringing to this team. All right, let's get to it. It is Nebraska week. So excited. Boo. If you want to bet on these games and get rid of that risk, right? Is your wife getting on you because you're losing a little money every month betting games? I've got a solution. Start betting with Better Edge. They don't have a VIG. They don't have a, any risk. You can literally bet your whole sports betting life with them, and you can expect to lose $0.00. Zero cents. Now, you're not going to get rich, but you're also not going to lose nearly as much money with Better Edge. Check them out online. B-E-T-T-O-R, like sportsbetteredge.com. Put in promo code BUFFS for a free 20 bucks, And they just give you a free 20 You don't have to deposit anything. So put in promo code BUFFS. Bet VIG free with 20 bucks. If you don't like it, don't bet again. But something tells me you're going to love betting risk-free. That's betteredge.com. Promo code BUFFS. All right. Anyone want to guess the line for the Nebraska game? Do you guys know the line yet? Have I, you seen I, this? I know what I saw immediately uh, following, I guess, Sunday morning I saw. Yeah, well, the Buffs currently are three-point favorites three. at home. Now, and Tyler, we, help those of us who were not watching the early season lines. Did did you look at this line before the TCU game at yeah, all? Well, it was nine, nine before the TCU game. It opened up now, nine and a half. Now, let's be clear. Nine in favor of Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska was, was a nine-point favorite. Yep, nine-point favorite. At CU, now CU is a three-point favorite, 12-point swing after one game. That's one of the biggest you're going to find in the history of point spreads. Um, a couple things I want to talk about before we get to, to my three keys to the game. Because last week, I thought my three keys were pretty on. Now, the defense one wasn't as important as I thought. But I, I think that show by show, I want to really spend time talking about what I think is truly important factors for each game. So I'll have that coming up here in a minute. But... Uh, uh, these players are getting used to the rivalry. Yeah, I heard Jimmy Horn talking about it. Heard uh, Shane Cokes talking about it. They're getting used to this now. For everyone on the roster, well, most play most people, most players, most coaches, 
This Nebraska rivalry is new, but like Coach Prime said, a rivalry is a rivalry. They're not wearing red, they're embracing it, and they're starting to really talk hatred about Nebraska. Now, I, as a longtime CU fan, love that stuff. When I see Jimmy Horn in an interview say, get asked, have you found a a reason to hate Nebraska yet? He goes, no, but I hate them. You know, you just like that kind of stuff. So I'm excited for it. It looks like the team is buying into this, like, rivalry thing, even though they haven't been to CU for that long. Well, and we want to talk about receipts. Matt Rule made a lot of comments this offseason. Matt Rule. Overrated. A lot of hate coming from Nebraska. Receipts. That that receipt's as long as the ones you get from CVS. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Make sure you take a look on the back. Good coupons on the back, man. Uh, but, But seriously, I mean, a lot of comments, not necessarily specifically calling out Deion Sanders in this Buffs teams, but very, very obvious that that's what he was talking we about. We know who and he then, was talking about. And then what does he do this kidding. week in his, his pregame press conference or his pre-week press conference? He backposts, oh, this might be a top 10 team in the country. Yeah, yeah. One of the most talented rosters Matt Rule was uh, Matt Rule was backpedaling like Deion in his prime this week. <laughs> I mean, that was quick. That was some good form. But I love to see the players getting used to the rivalry, getting into the rivalry, the no red. I didn't uh, have you guys prepare anything before the show, but I want to know, do you have a better Nebraska memory than 62-36? Is there anything better? tough, tough one to come up with. No, that's, I mean, I figured was, let's all come up with our best Nebraska memory, and then we all repeat 62-36 because does it get any better than that? No. I mean. I mean, all all the other big moments in CU history, we were toddlers or yeah. not on this earth yet <laughs> i love that game uh, i mean if i'm gonna throw just another one out there it, it's for me more personally as an adult so uh d- does anyone know off the top of their head what year the 6236 was we're talking like oh i'll look it up i think it was a one or something like that so we were teenagers the, the, the three of us were all millennials you know we were teenagers at that time so obviously the memory is there we resonate with that it's not like one of those things when you were a little kid you don't really remember it. i remember a lot of that game but but 2001 for, yeah okay so for me i watched that game from home you know i was not a, at, at the stadium uh so for me if i'm going to give you a memory it's a much more recent memory and it's the last time that nebraska came to Folsom oh, field my car broke down that game you're I'm right so i totally forgot about that you missed this I was, game so sad. But Ryan, I remember you and I were at this yep. game together, mm-hmm. and we walked in that stadium, and I am understating the fact when I, that when I say 90% red. I mean, the entire stadium What was do you red. think it's going to be like this this week? I, okay. There's going to be a lot of red. Here's what we have to red. say, guys. Nebraska travels really, really well. Yeah. Okay? They do travel well. Well, they don't here's have anything else to do. They but just set a record for wait, a women's sporting event. Did you guys see, I, I'm sure a lot of the listeners did too, see the commercial during the Florida State LSU game for Nebraska? No. Oh. So it's a, you know you know how different states have their commercials of yeah, right, come right, visit right, right. our state. Do you want to know what Nebraska's slogan is? Huh? Come visit Nebraska. It's not for everybody. <laughs> No, it's not. It's, I swear oh, to God. No. They're literally oh, known for corn, and they're like the third best state That's known like for corn. It's like a South Park line. Like, yes. It, it may not, not for everybody. Not for everybody. Do you enjoy uh, sitting home on a Saturday it, with no options it, except Husker football? Well, this is your place. If I'm going to give an honest guess, I actually think you're still going to see 30 to 40% of the state. Oh, I think, you, I, I think you're right, too. No, let's not underestimate the loneliness of the sure. Nebraska fan. Yep. It's Look, part it's, of it's why like, we hate them. And to finish off my memory there of, of walking in the stadium's 90 percent full and it didn't look good early it really did not look good early. If you guys remember they were 17 nothing and it was at half or or early in the second or late in the second quarter i don't remember exactly the the the, how it all broke out but 
boy, there was nothing more satisfying than watching these stands empty with just decimated fans. They're so upset, so disappointed. They mm-hmm. thought it was in the back because we did. We we were good. I, I'd like to think we're fairly respectable fans in our seats, and we, we were kind of tail between our legs that first half. Like, we don't want to say anything to anybody because there are <laughs> so many of them around us. We're just going to get swallowed by. So we just kind of kept our mouths shut, kind of did our things Speak that first half. <laughs> and, uh, but Ryan had a couple half. of pops in him that, that day. That second <laughs> half comes around, and the buffs get going, and all of a sudden, these Nebraska fans got silent. And how great was that? I think probably the the the, the height of Steven Montez's career, both times playing Nebraska with the game-clinching drives and the games, winning tight games. That's huge. That goes down in CU football history. When you play Nebraska two times and two times two you times. come from behind and you beat them in the fourth quarter, that's legendary. My man, Steven Montez, shout out. That's huge. All right, I love that memory. All right. Let's Did you give on. him coffee before the show? What is going on? I told you guys, it's up a weird there. thing to feel this way in September. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess it's, he's, high, he's, he's high on CU football right now. That's, that's what he's feeling. I don't need drugs in my life. I got coffee going on right now. I got some coffee. Decaf, too. And oh, my wow. Scottish thistle mug. You like this Scottish <laughs> wow. thistle mug? Wow. Is it from Classy. Scotland? I don't or know. Or are you just calling it a Scottish Very thin, thistle. though. It gets really hot. Okay. <laughs> Um, things that may be different this week. A couple things that will change from the first week to the second week. Miles Slusher is dealing with an injury. By the way, uh, who's the, was it, uh, who's Gus. the? Gus. Gus, uh, what's his Johnson. name? Johnson. Slusher. Well, Slusher, Slusher here, Slusher. It's like, that's not a hard name. You're not dealing with like. R- Gus, hey, Gus, Gus had a rough call. Gus is the best in the business, but my man must have had a he rough He had a rough night. call. They were yeah. all Well, if you remember, they called the, uh, the Utah-Florida game. As well on Thursday. Okay. So it was it was short for him. So what, we need to start implementing hours like pilots no, have. I think, no, you know what I think happened. Week? You know what I think happened is he knows his partner Joel Klatt is the professional of all professionals. He Shout knows out, Joel Klatt. he is not. Joe Klatt is not going to let his bias take over in this game. So I think Gus Gus was feeling it. He was feeling that energy for the buffs. Gus. He was behind them buffs. He got a little distracted because yeah. he got a little excited. Well, Miles Slutcher will not be playing this week. He's dealing with an injury, or at least he's doubtful right now. So uh, doubtful Feeling a little week. sluiced right now. Uh, according to Coach Prime, we should see more running backs get involved. Now, I don't know if that means a schematic change, game plan change, more on the ground rushing attack, but he said expect more running backs to get involved. Does that involve, uh, uh, does that include Alton McCaskill? Not exactly sure. He really wants out of that non-contact jersey and it's it's getting close. I mean, we could see him this week or next week. Stay tuned there. Um in terms of the uh defense, we they're going to have to stop the rush, right? We talked about that. That's one thing that's going to have to change. We're going to have to see this defense sh- uh, show up and really stop the run at least uh play better efficiently against the run. And then a couple more notes here. Still no uh Cormani McLean. Coach Prime said he'll be back when he's ready or he'll play when he's ready. And I take that as he just doesn't really get the playbook yet. This is a complex well, he's defense. He's, he's, he's only been on campus for six weeks. Well, And that's true. You know, you, you, you say the whole freshman thing, but other freshmen are getting opportunities. Well, I know you didn't say that. Other people are talking about him. He's a freshman. He needs time. There's other freshmen getting opportunities like Stoutmeyer, but to your point, they've been on campus a lot longer, been around the playbook a lot longer, so and, you and, understand why. Hey, um, uh, Cooper, number three, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, Omerion Cooper. Omerion right? Cooper. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a single catch on him last week. Hmm. 
So it's because they were targeting Travis Hunter for some <laughs> odd reason. Exactly. Well, yeah. Not really sure uh, what that thought work process out for was. <laughs> Interception, Hunter. They, they found out. Uh, but real quick on Carmine McLean, I, I think I've heard a lot of people locally really bummed out. Ah, it's, it's, it's really a bad indication. No, this is the best thing that I could ask for from this coaching staff. Now, obviously, I'd love to see him excelling and playing. But I don't care if you're the number one player at your position in this draft class, the top recruit we brought in. If you aren't performing, if you don't belong, you don't play. I love that message from this coaching staff. All right, so let's break down Nebraska. What are they going to look like? Who do they have? And what do the Buffs need to watch? Let's start Buffalo's defense against Nebraska's offense. Really, from what we saw the first week, when Nebraska did play a very good game, on the road at a very good Minnesota team, okay? Let's not ignore the fact that because Nebraska lost that game, they didn't look very good, especially on defense. That can't be ignored. But offensively, I thought they looked pretty one-dimensional. Their quarterback, Jeff Sims, he only went 11 of 19 throwing the football, so not that many throws. And he also led the team in rushing, 19 carries for 91 yards. So he's the the, the one do-it-all player on this offense. Kind of narrows things down with the Buffs have to focus on. And you mentioned 91 yards out of their total 180 rushing yards. So he had over half of the team's rushing yards. Look at yards. Jared doing the math there. Um, Good math. Boom. Well, that, was, uh, that one's pretty easy, right? <laughs> that yeah. was pretty easy. Uh, but for those of you who are wondering, who is Jeff Sims and why do we not know who he is? Well, he was... Georgia Tech's quarterback mm-hmm. uh, before this transfer. And when, as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, that, that kind of clicks when you saw his performance in the game, right? Very much looks like a guy who has been used to running a triple option offense, a guy that is very comfortable as a runner. And I think that is my biggest concern for the well, Buffs this week. They're going to have to watch him on the outside. You're going to have to have the speed on the outside to, to sort of have that quarterback spy. But I understand that too. But my, my whole question is if Matt Rule and the offensive staff went into the, to the Minnesota game with that game plan. That says to me that they kind of knew they had their hands tied. They didn't have a lot offensively, can't rely on that line. We're going to have to have Sims do it all. Now, it kind of, well, look, they stayed in the game. They scored 10 points. Didn't and really work offensively. If you watch the game, they should have won that game. They shot themselves in the foot about four or five times. They, they should have won that game. No. They Nebraska. They moved the football. I'm at 100. They, they, they had end of the first half. They threw an interception on the goal line. End of the game, they had two turnovers that while up seven points that allowed them to, to Minnesota to tie and then had the game-winning field goal. So they they absolutely choked this game away. No, they did, but and, still, and, I mean... And you if, can look at it both ways, right? You can look at a team that doesn't know how to close out a game, but you can also look at a team that should be 1-0. That I think this would be a different view of a team had they come into this game 1-0 I versus agree. where they I agree. I mean, they had more yards than Minnesota. They gained almost 300 yards. They held Minnesota to, to 251. This is a team that won nine games last couple of years. P.J. Fleck, one of the more respected coaches in the Big Ten, at least on a consistency level... And they held Minnesota to 55 rushing yards. I mean, yeah. we're talking about the Buffs needing to run the ball. That's a good showing from Nebraska's defense. Yeah, um, I will say I did watch that game, and it was pretty much like watching paint dry. It was not a great viewing experience. But um, Minnesota, they lost a lot of leadership on their offense, um, brought in a new quarterback. Um, they had uh, uh, the school record holder for rushing uh muhammad ibrahim i believe was his name yep um he, they lost him so it their offense wasn't great um no but still i mean sure sure sure. Know. well what I, what I will say is from watching that game i think um minnesota's defense is better um than 
Colorado's and TCU's defense is worse than Nebraska's as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that that's sort of a good domino way to explain things. But overall, Nebraska's offense, that's what the Seahawks are going to have to pay attention to. The quarterback, Jeff Sims, largely on the outside. No receivers really impressed me that much. These backs, we're going to see some improvement from the skill set, guys. But I I don't think it's going to be enough to really worry the Buzz. This is a good matchup, I think, for the Buzz defense to, to rebound, get a good showing at home. So I think that's, well, and for uh, the first time, a team has now a scouting playbook against right. the Buzz. What they're going to look like, and so what did the Buffs do last week? Right? What do they want to do? They were quick. They liked that pace. They wanted to use that to their advantage. What do I expect to see from this Nebraska offense? Try to counter that. Try to slow things down. Try to hold the ball, run the ball. No, try to sure. prevent this, uh, the ball being in Shadur Sanders' hands. The bus defense is going to have to get off the field. That's a big part of this game. All right, let's shift to the Nebraska defense against Colorado's offense. As we mentioned, Nebraska held Minnesota to uh, 13 points in the loss, but Minnesota has a very, very different game plan than what we're going to see from the Buffaloes, right? The CU wants to, I mean, almost like Art Bryles-esque. They're putting players outside the numbers, using every blade of grass on the field. You like what Sean Lewis is doing using space with these players, so it's going to be a way different look for Nebraska than filling that box up, seven, eight guys stopping the run, so I think it actually leans towards CU's favor. You want to spread things out, attack that secondary, and then maybe you can get something going on the ground, but I think the main thing has to be continue to do what you did last week that's where they're going to find their areas but uh this nebraska defense i'll admit against the use offense it's going to be a great matchup because they did look very good last week yeah you're, you're gonna have to see uh, you know it, it, i'd be curious to, to to be a fly on the wall matt rule and this coaching staff talking about stopping this buffs offense because you have to know this coaching staff has to be smart enough to realize that the nebraska offense is not even close to capable of putting up 49 points so they have to know that their only chance of winning this game is shutting down this offensive attack. I don't care what you do offensively, they're not putting up 40-plus points, Nebraska. So if you allow the Buffs to do what they did last week, this is a blowout. So that's, to me, this is the key of the game. Nebraska's defense has to figure out a way to shut down CU's offense. So I think as the offense from CU, if you can continue even close to what you did last week, you keep that offense moving, you keep drives going. I mean, the extended drives, the long drives, you know, drive after drive after drive, that's what you have to do to be successful in this game. All right, so let's get to my, my three keys of the game. I like that. It's a big, important factor. In order, I think these are the uh, most three important things to beat Nebraska this week at home. Number one, obviously, this has been said all week. I'm just going to reiterate it because I believe it's been said for a reason. Stopping the rush is the number one most important thing. If Nebraska can implement their run game and milk that clock and hold on to the football and drain things out and don't let CU's uh, offense get the football, like Jared mentioned, that's going to largely be the Nebraska game plan. So how do you counter that? Stop the run, force Nebraska to throw the football, which they did not look very good last week doing it all, and kind of make them play a game that you want to play. So I think first of all, first and foremost, stop the rush, which is going to be a lot of quarterback rushes. It's going to be big for this defense. So that's and, my number and one And I factor. think the way you stop the run is exactly that. You stay disciplined because what's going to happen is Jeff Sims is going to want to get on that edge. And if that edge player, those linebackers have not stayed in position where they need to be, then big chunk plays are coming. All right, uh, number two. And this one's a little bit different because I don't necessarily think this is who the Buffs are going to be this year, but I do believe it's important this game, and you have this kind of a, men a mentality for the rivalry game, play physical. I think in such a big emotional game, there's going to be some 
not dirty plays, but overly physical plays. You better believe part of this game plan for Matt Rule in Nebraska is going to be to get physical with Travis Hunter, to be really, I mean, you're playing 145 snaps. They're going to want to start hitting him more. And so I think that's going to be part of it. Colorado has to respond, match that intensity, match that physicality. And uh, I think the more physical team is going to have a huge edge here. You're playing at home. You can feed off that Nebraska or that, that rivalry energy. And this is where you really want to just sort of like impose that dominating will and just play so physical. So that's what I want to see this game. Number two, the Buffs have to play physical. Number three, uh, Jared kind of mentioned this with the offense, but CU's got to score. You know, if the Buffs are going to keep winning games, I do believe offense is is where they're going to win and lose. You know, as we saw last week, they can stay in shootouts. They can win shootouts. And I think that my number three factor, which is throw-in offensive wrinkles, is very important. Because last week, one of the main things that was talked about is TCU didn't have film on CU. Right? No one knew what the Buffs were going to do. No one knew what this offense was going to look like. This this hybrid blend of Sean Lewis can't stay, what Shadur likes to do. No one knew what to expect. Well, guess what? There's one week of film now. So Sean Lewis and staff need to get in, create a few wrinkles, a few different approaches. So Nebraska, again, is left wondering and guessing in the second half of this game what CU is going to do. So I think that's a big thing. If you're going to have success offensively, mix up a couple things. Throw in a couple wrinkles, a couple things that Nebraska didn't see at all and to try and catch them off guard this game. I really like that idea. I think you you can't go out with the same offense. You can't show them what you have already shown them. They're going to be expecting that. So I think there's a lot more layers left in what Sean Lewis has to show. God, if CU can get this win, you got CSU next week. Yeah. We're looking at... Uh, at 3-0. and But look, let's not get ahead of ourselves, okay? This is a big game. Can I add one key? And to course, me, it is absolutely. the only key. There is no other key. This is the key to the game. It you remind me of uh, uh, the Seinfeld, the bomb. That's not the bomb. Who knows about the bomb? It's not the bomb. Sorry. That's how you do the bomb? Sorry. I don't know how much of our audience even knows Seinfeld, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, don't get complacent, okay? And that is, is so easy to We've say. We've heard that so, all week, but you're so right. It's so cliche, right. but... But look at this, and I, and I will give a shout-out to Joel Klatt. He talked about this on, on his podcast this week, that this has been, what, when, when did, whenever Deion Sanders got hired, let's, let's just say the last six months of people telling you you're not good enough, you're not as good as you think you are, you're not going to do all the things that primetime says you're going to do, you're not on the caliber, you're still a garbage team, you're not good. They proved it. They proved they are a good football team. They are now ranked the number 22 team in the country. So it's easy then to say, hey, we arrived. We're here. Now everyone knows we're a good team. How do you recreate that same intensity? You no longer have to prove anybody wrong. Everyone now believes in you. They're, you're now the betting favorite in this game. You know, the the I, I saw something today that the, the Buffaloes are, have better odds to win the Pac-12 than UCLA. Okay, this is they're jumping teams, you know, they're doing these things. So how do you keep yourselves and this team motivated? Do I expect this to be a problem for this coaching staff? No, I think that they will absolutely be attacking this all week long talking about this. But that is my biggest concern is how do you come out with that same intensity, that same energy, but also that same discipline you played with last week because that's what it's going to take to win this game. This is not going to be a walkthrough, guys. This is going to be a tough game. Nebraska yeah. is going to give you everything they have, and they present such an opposite challenge of what TCU did that I think it's going to be a tough game for the bus to counter what they did last week and do the same thing again. 
It's I, I can't wait. I've, I've been, I'm so excited for this game. Now, I know we mentioned last week how excited we were for the season to start. Finally here. It's TCU. It's the whole the whole season. But Nebraska, I mean, rivalry week in Colorado. I'm anxious to see how many Red fans are there. I'm anxious to see what the buffs look like, what's going to happen. There's so many things I can't wait for this weekend. So 10 o'clock, another big, uh, big noon kickoff on Fox, Colorado at home against Nebraska. Before we get out of here today, let's give our picks and predictions for the score. I will go first. I'm taking CU to win this one 34-16. I think the offense rolls, continues what they did last week. And I do believe Nebraska struggles defensively. I don't think they can really move the football. And I believe we walk away next week saying, huh, that defense for CU really improved a lot of good things. So I'm going to go overall 34-16. CU gets the win. I, I like it as a, a bit of a closer game, actually. And and I do think this CU offense struggles a little bit based on the adjustments that this Nebraska defense makes countering what they saw last week. I think they take away some of those things that were easy targets for the Buffs. I'd like them to only get to 27 points for the Buffs, okay? 27 points for the Buffs. I'd like them winning 27-24 in this game. All right, Ryan, what do you got? Um I'm not going to hold back. I think Nebraska's offense is going to suck again. Um, oh, no! We suck again! <laughs> I think uh, I think CU's uh, not going to break stride. Um, you know, you're never going to play a perfect football game, so there will be mistakes. There will be points given up. Um, but I'm going to give a bold prediction before my score. Um, Shadur Sanders will have over 1,000 yards passing for the season after next <laughs> week. Yeah, here it is. And the Buffs win 31 <laughs> seven, or 35-17. He's going to go back-to-back 500-yard games. You heard Let's it here go. first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. That's so exciting. Let's go, Buffaloes. Beat Nebraska. Big rivalry week again. 10 a.m. on Saturday. Big noon kickoff. Come on, Buffaloes. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Buffs Nation podcast.